grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Dear friends in Christ, I am loath to preach a sermon about how to preach a sermon, but Paul, in just a few verses before the text I just read, says this, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross be emptied of its power. So here is my confession. I have tried my best in sermons to be eloquent, whimsical, witty, and winsome, a storyteller of skill to get you, my people, to listen. I have done the opposite of what Paul has said to the church in Corinth that he has tried to do. Paul argues that using one's skill as a speaker can rob the cross of its power. I can only tell you that there are times when I am writing my sermon and I think, yes, this one is a Pulitzer Prize winning sermon only to have nary a comment by the congregation as I shake hands with you as you leave the church. Other times I have poured over a text without being able to tie two thoughts together except for these two. We are sinners and God has sent his son to redeem us. The temptation has been there to find a great story and then find a text to fit it or to put a few jokes in my sermons to spice things up a bit. But Paul sets myself and every preacher and proclaimer of the gospel aright by his saying the cross is folly, it's foolishness to those who are dying. You see, no matter how much I dress up the cross with stories or anecdotes, it doesn't become any more palatable to the world. I received an email recently that said about my sermons, okay, I get it, you were a bad kid, but what's the point? It was in that moment my heart broke and I thought, I have made too much of myself, my story, my rhetoric, my delivery, and this person who wrote me has missed the point. It is in those painful moments that a preacher is reminded that he is wholly incompetent for this work. The desire to march to the beat of the same drum as the world is enticing so much that it creeps into my preaching. Sigh, be winsome, be wonderful. Be successful, for the world loves attractive words and successfully delivered speeches. Just a little glitz and a little glam, and people will listen. Is this foolishness then? This short pep talk every Sunday to earn a paycheck so my family can eat and have a roof over their heads? It may seem like foolishness to those who are perishing, as Paul says, but to you who are being saved... It is the very power of God. The world looks at the cross and says, well, that isn't God on the cross. God wouldn't die for his creation. God wouldn't sacrifice his son for the sins of the world, a world that doesn't even care for him. God must be majestic and glorious and glamorous. However, to recognize the glory of God is to see Christ in his humility and shame, gory and bloody and dying on the cross for the sins of the world, yours and mine. 
God can only be found in the suffering of the cross. The world will always think that we are wasting our time here on Sunday morning, that you are wasting your time listening to me preach, no matter how poorly or well-crafted a sermon might be. I propose that an excellent plumber is infinitely more admirable than an incompetent preacher. The church scorns excellence in plumbing because plumbing is considered a humble activity, but tolerates shoddiness in preaching because in the church it is an exalted activity. But we will have neither good plumbing nor good preaching. Neither its pipes nor its sermons will hold water if one thing is missing. How does a sermon hold water? It holds water when the cross is preached. Paul says, nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. And here is five words that Paul would preach in lieu of 10,000 words in a tongue, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here is the glory of God and the gore of the cross. God accepted death on your behalf in the form of an itinerant Jewish rabbi from Galilee in order to pay for your sins, to break the power of death and to bring salvation to all people, to bring it to you. Yes, it seems to be folly, but to you, God's children, it is the power of God unto life everlasting. In the gospel lesson for today, we see Jesus clear the temple with a whip of cords. Jesus is filled with zeal for his father's house. It is not that he doesn't want sinners there. He does. They should be there, if anywhere. But they use this church for changing money and selling livestock. The church looks like the world, and Jesus wouldn't have it. I have walked into modern-day churches and wondered, am I in a church or am I in a coffee shop? And the preaching has reflected that same attitude. Jesus portrayed as spiritual exercise coach or celestial guru who helps you get through life, who helps you get what you want, who helps you get to a better place and space in this world. No crosses displayed that might affront, no bloody Jesus on the cross preached for the sins of the people because someone may get offended or upset. Yet Jesus clears God's house of these things of the world so that the word of God might remain. It is easy to forget or ignore that the cross was reserved for the worst of the ancient world. Criminals and recalcitrant slaves, they were pinned there to die the most horrible death imaginable. Now imagine, God in his love makes the cross our centerpiece, covered in the blood and gore of our Savior so that we might be forgiven of all of our sins and have everlasting life. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Let me say this plainly, but also without reserve. Christ was crucified for you. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. 
Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.